Hey, Sentinel Warriors. Welcome to part two of the Becoming a Leader episode. This is 20 for 20, where you can get information from 20th Air Force leaders in about 20-ish minutes, delivered on the 20th of each month. This is Lieutenant Emily Seaton from 20th Air Force Public Affairs. And during part one of this episode, we heard about commanders' experiences that helped shape them into the leaders they are today. Now we're going to hear from our awesome chiefs. Let's dive in. Hey, welcome Sentinel Warriors to the second ever podcast for the 20th Air Force Command Chiefs. I'm Chief Master Sergeant Charlie Orff, the Command Chief at 20th Air Force. And I'm joined today by my fellow chiefs across 20th Air Force. Uh, one chief couldn't be with us today, Chief Stephanie Cates, the, the command chief down at the 377th Air Base Wing. She's currently traveling and won't be able to be with us today, uh, but I'm sure she uh, wishes uh, everybody well, and she'll definitely be trying her best to make it to the next podcast. So before we, uh, I guess, talk about what we're going to talk about today, I, I'd just like to open the mic and let the chiefs introduce themselves so those listening in know who's, uh, who's speaking, and then we'll get into it a little bit. So Nick, over to you, brother. Uh, this is uh, Chief Nick Taylor here, uh, Command Chief for the Mighty 90 Missile Wing at uh, FB-1 Air Force Base. Jackie? Hey, good to see you guys. First off, I know everybody, list, all the five people listening in podcast land can't see us, but we can see each other on Zoom. It's been a while. I missed you guys last week. So, Jackie Fryer, 91st Missile Wing, Command Chief. Uh, and despite everything you've heard about Minot, it's actually a pretty nice place. That it is. That it is. Uh, Mike, over to you. Hi, uh, this is uh, Mike Becker. I'm the command chief up at the 341st Missile Wing at Malmstrom Air Force Base, Montana. All right, and also joining us is uh, Adam over at the 582nd. Adam, you on? Hey, this is Chief Adam Gagno. I'm at the 582nd Helicopter Group. We got uh, representation at F.E. Warren, Malmstrom, and Minot, where we have helicopter squadrons. Glad to be here. Hey, glad you guys were able to make it in. I know it's been a little bit of a calendar shuffle trying to get as many of us on the line at the same time as we could, and I'm glad we're all able to make it. Yeah, I guess we'll start off by talking maybe a little bit about uh, leadership. Uh, and I say that oftentimes when folks think of chief master sergeants, they think of the responsibility we have, um, but that responsibility obviously comes with uh, uh, a lot of hard work and a, a lot of effort to, to get where we are. And a lot of folks have influenced our careers and, and made us uh, into the individuals that we are today. And one thing that's often talked about is, you know, how does one become an effective leader? Or how does one become a leader? Are you, are you natural born leaders? Can you learn to be a good leader? Uh, that kind of thing. And maybe we can spend a few minutes talking about that. So though, as uh, Kaki says, the five folks listening in, uh, maybe glean a little something as they start off or continue their Air Force careers. Uh, and as they try to make decisions one way or the other, something that may influence them uh, to put into their toolbox. So when we talk about becoming a leader, um, you know, what, what, maybe what's one thing you guys can recall from your earlier in your career that, uh, you know, that you struggle with, that you really have had to work hard on, I guess, to make yourself more effective as a supervisor, as a leader that you've carried with you uh, to your current roles as command chiefs and group superintendent or group senior enlisted leaders. So uh, I'll leave it open mic here and, and see who wants to maybe take a crack at that first. So I'll, uh, I'll roll first. This is uh, Mike Becker from Malmstrom. Um, the number one thing I have struggled with in my career and continue uh, to struggle with 
is um, my tendency to not be as thoughtful as I need to be when making decisions and talking to people. Um, remember early on, I, I saw my kind of overly decisiveness as being a positive character trait. As I've um, come further in my career, I've realized that it's not always positive. Sometimes people you know, need people around them that push to get decisions made. Um, one of the issues I've had is I will frequently push past people to make decisions when they're trying to be careful and thoughtful and deliberate. Um, and we, we tend to miss things. So I've worked best in my career when I've worked for a commander um, that can be the counterpoint to that. Um, it's one of those things, you know, you don't want to sit with somebody who will analyze a problem to death and never make a decision. You know, we all know those people that will allow perfect to be the enemy of good enough. Um, but we also need people to be thoughtful and deliberate and really think through decisions, especially once they get up to uh, the wing command level. Um, so that's that's been my biggest struggle. I work on it all the time. Um, I try to be self-aware, but I always have to fight my natural inclination just to make a decision and move on. Now, those are great points, Mike. Nick, what do you think, brother? Um, for me, I tell you, uh, I think, you know, uh, being a workaholic, you know, uh, coming up in, um, in the enlisted ranks, I think that uh, how we are bred and how things put put, in us, put put into us is that, uh, you know, you, you got to be at work. Uh, you got to always be all in um, and not really, you know, what I got to work at is, you know, I had to work on is uh, giving time for yourself, right? You, you know, you're, um, you're important. Um, your headspace is important. If you don't take care of yourself, you really are doing a disservice to your team. Um, and so knowing when to, to dial back, knowing when to say, no, yeah, I can't do that. Um, you know, everyone wants your attention and you only got so much bandwidth. So something that, you know, I got to continue to work at is learn, learn to say, no, nope, um, I can't do that. You know, I just recently said no to an opportunity because I just I didn't have enough bandwidth. So being a workaholic, knowing to say no, and it's okay to say no, except saying no doesn't mean that uh, you won't get another opportunity. Uh, you need to take care of yourself. No, that's that's also a good point. So Adam, uh, what do you think, brother? Yeah, so just thinking about this one. Uh, yeah, let's take it back to, I think everybody at some point in their career struggles with that transition from just kind of being responsible for yourself, making sure you're squared away, your training is up, your, your technical expertise is, is correct. And transitioning to a leader where you're responsible for others training and readiness. So I remember back as, as a young tech, I got the opportunity to be a, uh, a flight chief. And I, I remember struggling with that, right, from transitioning from being the line dog and the, the functional expert who is responsible for executing the mission uh, to being a leader responsible for taking care of the airmen who, who execute the mission. So one thing that helped me get through that uh, is that perspective of you know, we, we always have to focus on preparing our replacements to take over because at some point we're all going to move on. We're either going to move to a new job and a PCS and separate from the Air Force or retire. Uh, so I think that's that's one perspective to keep in mind as you, as you make that transition from just focusing on yourself to being that leader, taking care of, uh, of airmen. Yeah, definitely taking care of airmen is a big part of leadership, obviously, in the Air Force, for sure. Uh, totally agree. Uh, Kaki, I'll, I'll let you close out maybe this segment. 
Um, and to be honest with you, it's hard to pick just one thing I struggled with because uh, I think we've all struggled quite a bit over, over the years of different things. Early, I, I'd say what probably the longest running was was seeking and listening to to other perspectives and not just relying on myself. I didn't, I grew up in the flying community, weren't, didn't do a great job of getting out of the airplane. We lived in this tunnel vision and, and not having mentors, not having solid mentors. I didn't seek mentors out. I just thought I, you know, being young and dumb, I thought I had it all figured out and I could go through life pretty smoothly. Um, and I quickly realized I needed, I needed balance. I needed mentors. I needed other perspectives, outside perspectives um, to help frame context and to give me um, different insights along the way. So I, I, I still, I now have a group of mentors that I rely on heavily, but I have to remind myself sometimes to go get that, to get that other perspective, get some context behind the matter before making decisions. Um, and then the, the other thing I would say is one of the hardest things I think for anybody that, that CGO to FGO transition and NCO to senior NCO transition of we're, we're, we're preached to all the time about take care of people, take care of people. We, we end up just fighting blindly over people and money all the time. And you have to find that balance where you're, you're taking care of people, but also understand that at some point you have to protect the integrity of the system as well. And it can't just always be about, because sometimes taking care of people means taking care of the group versus just one person, having a difficult, making a difficult decision and having a tough conversation with every, with one person in order to, to do that. We all want to be liked. Uh, but if you if you base all your decisions on being liked, you're gonna you're gonna fall short in a lot of areas. So, gaining perspective, gaining context from other sources, and rolling it in, um, and trying to make the best decision possible is is something I work on all the time. No, good point, man. Uh, I think for me personally, for what I've struggled with throughout my career is tempering my emotions, being able to separate the 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 personal from the professional. Oh yeah, and I remember you know one of my earliest uh, interactions with a with the flight chief back when I was a young defender and, and some of the critiquing that he gave me and me being able to understand he was he, he it wasn't an attack on me personally it was just trying to make me better at my profession and and so I've had to temper that emotion um, aspect th throughout my career and of of just trying to make sure that things are balanced and, and not trying to react to emotion as Mike mentioned at the beginning, kind of maybe taking time to think a little bit versus just being quick to think it's a personal attack or emotional. Uh, I think that's one thing that I think is key to being an effective leader is folks being able to see that you're balanced. I mean, showing emotion when emotion needs to be shown, obviously, when you're passionate, but not let, not letting emotions affect a decision to where it, you know it's some, you cross that line from a personal or professional to a personal aspect, I think is key to being an effective leader as well. Hey, Nick, you mentioned, um, you know, you talked a little bit about balance and being able to, um, you know, say no, et cetera. Uh, I kind of want maybe you guys to talk a little bit about just uh, and maybe give some examples that you personally use to just, you know, being a being a chief, uh, you know, we deal with some pretty stressful situations and, and not everything that we encounter or are part of or are on the positive spectrum. So maybe you guys can talk a little bit about just some techniques you guys to to kind of handle that stress or deal with that frustration. And, uh, you know, Kaki, maybe I'll just go over to you first to see if maybe you got some thoughts on that. Um, it's funny. We just had I, Colonel Galbert and I were just talking to, to ALS this morning 
And somebody asked that very question, what, how do you deal with stress? How do you handle different situations? And Colonel Galbert looked at me and said, well, chief's never stressed. I'm never stressed. Right. And we kind of had a laughing moment. Um, and I, I think what I talked about was you, you know, one of the first things that always, we always scratch off our calendars. I always watch the boss do it is, uh, when it's time on his calendar for lunch or to gym, he scratches off because they can fit something else in there as we get busy. Um, and those have, that's got to be a hard no. You have got to invest in yourself and take time and be passionate about the things you're passionate about and keep those, right? I, I can't trust that everybody's going to be taking care of their airmen if they're not taking care of themselves, if they're not investing in themselves. So understanding your emotional triggers, not letting your emotions run you, but you run them. And then recognize the times where you're overextended and go back to the things that, that you rely on for self-care, understanding um, what those, for me, it's being outdoors. So I need and make time to get outdoors. Even if it's on a daily basis, if I'm feeling over, overworked, overextended, I will go out and I'll walk around the park across the street for, for 10 minutes to get my head together. Um, and then always allow yourself the grace and space. We've all heard before you hit send on that email, to stop and think about it before you emotionally react. And, um, you know, imagine if we did that, we, we gave ourselves that grace and space in every situation we, we encountered and, uh, before reacting, giving yourself the grace and space to, to, to chill and allow yourself to respond to other people. Cause a lot of times you give them the ability to respond back. So, um, self-care invest in yourself. Um, cause if you're not, you're not investing in yourself, you're not gonna be able to invest in other people. So I got It, it's Adam Gagne. I'll jump in there real quick, if I may. So very similar uh, for me as well. Just make sure that I take downtime from work, prioritize uh, making time for my hobbies, which for me is mountain biking and hiking. Similar, I like to get outside. And then making sure I dedicate time to, you know, have quality time with the family to decompress. But in addition to those things, um, I've kind of – two uh, trusted agents, if you will. So one's a, a fellow chief uh, who has a similar background who I can call, call and vent to, bounce ideas off of, talk about issues that I'm going through. And the other is my wife who, you know, I really trust her insights, uh, but as an outsider, she can kind of give me a perspective that is totally disconnected. So I really appreciate having uh, those two resources to, to vent to and, and just, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, man, I think you brought up, you know, for those of us that are, have, have chosen to have families, I think having families and, and being able to rely on them for that decompression, I think uh, uh, is key. It's definitely a big factor for me. And, and Nick, I know you mentioned a, a lot of stuff that in the previous question, you kind of hinted to or some of the things that probably help you of being able to say no and having that balance. But before I move on to Mike, I just didn't know if there maybe was maybe one or two other nuggets you wanted to add. You know, um, I, I like what Adam was saying and and um, and Khaki. And so what I do is, you know, I got about five people that I that I keep in my life, um, who are you know I call my inner circle. You know, my, my of course my 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 wife being one of those. Um, and I think you need that person to bounce your crazy ideas off of, right? Uh, you know, one is, uh, you know, my, my previous pastor from a, a couple of assignments uh, years ago, he never served in the military, but he's my friend. 
and uh, you know, he gives me that 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 spiritual side of the house that I need. Uh, and then I have another friend who's a retired master. I retired about ten years ago, you know, and uh, still working in GS system. But I can I can bounce my craziness off of them. We all got the craziness, right? And they can say, hey, these people will tell me they'll hold me accountable and say, you're awful. You know what? I think you need to take a step back. You know, those are those are nuggets that they help me. I think the people are critical to your life. You you can't do this journey by yourself, right? Uh, you cannot be on an island and it's just me. That does not work out at all. Uh, you need some people in your life that you trust as your inner circle, where you can just be you. You can be raw with. You can bear the totality of who you are with. You can, because when you bottle things up, it doesn't it doesn't work. It's going to explode in one way, whether it's physically or emotionally or mentally. And so those are things that I constantly do. I mean, you know, one one of my uh, inner circle, you know, of course my my, my spouse, you know, but another my friend. I mean, we talk through text or through voice probably every other day, you know, about everything, just about life. And sometimes not even about work, but it's just about life. And those are things that I use. Oh, thanks for sharing, Nick. Uh, Mike, uh, over to you, brother. Over to you. Uh, so this is definitely something um, I haven't always done well, um, even in recent you know months and years. Um, you know, a few months ago, I kind of had a little mini breakdown. Um, I, I've talked to my brothers and sister and, and 20th Air Force about it. Um, I wasn't handling stress well. Um, I thought for many, many years that, you know, I was immune um, to the negative effects of stress. I've dealt with incredibly stressful situations in my previous career field throughout my you know, my life um, and never had a problem. And I find myself getting unreasonably angry uh, and worked up over things that, that really aren't all that important um, when you look at it from, you know, the 50,000 foot level. Um, I realized I had only taken one day of leave since I got here um, and that was unacceptable. Um, and I realized I wasn't reaching out and being as vulnerable as, as, I, as I need to be with my, with my friends. So, you know, to that end, uh, Chief Capes, who's unfortunately not with us today, you know, she's got a reminder on her phone to call me every couple of weeks just to chat. Um, I've got, you know, my best friend in the world is another command chief. Um, and I have allowed myself in recent years to, to not lose touch, but not be as engaged um, with him as, you know, my best friend for the last 23 years. Um, so I just, I, I need to do better at that. It's a continual struggle for me. Um, so that's all I got to say. Oh man, thanks for thanks for sharing, Mike. I think you know when you tie it to leadership, all of us have kind of brought up something different, right? And I think what's key as leaders is yes, we're all airmen. Uh, yes, we're all uh, following you know our core values and must adhere to the core values 24/7. But at the end of the day, we're also all individuals. And so I think it's key as leaders to understand that. What may, you know, way folks need to deal with stress or handle frustration may not be the same for everybody, or it's not going to be the same for everybody. And we as leaders just need to make sure that we set the proper conditions and environment that as long as folks are being airmen, adhering to the core values, that uh, whatever will uh, help them perform and, and decompress is what we need to afford them the opportunity to do and not force them into a, a you know, a round peg into a, into a square, a round pole into a square peg kind of thing to where it's not effective. And then they just continue to build up that stress and frustration to where it results in something that's, you know, unethical, illegal, immoral, or, you know, worse self-harming or harming others. So I think that's key. Hey, it looks like we're about out of time for this, uh, this edition of the 20th Air Force Command Chief Podcast. Again, thanks to my brothers in 20th Air Force that were able to join me this morning. And uh, Steph, it's just a shout out to you and 
thanks for your leadership. Thanks for leading the, the Mighty Fighting Tigers out at the 377th and look forward to having you again soon. And uh, again, thanks for everybody for listening and look forward to hearing your feedback uh, as we do future podcasts down the road. Thanks, everybody. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this episode. We really hope you enjoyed hearing from the commanders and chiefs about their development and experiences while becoming leaders. Please join us again June 20th for one more episode in this format of the commanders and chiefs discussing leadership before we start getting into different topics starting in July. Goodbye for now, Sentinel Warriors. Thank you.